And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, July 14th. And uh, hey, if you don't have a suntan by now, you've got no excuse. <laughs> Man, it's been wonderful out there. It's, but the only problem, it's making a lot of my plants bloom earlier than normal, and I've got quite a few tours coming to the garden in August. But, hey, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Jeff and all the people on the Arboretum board that are going to come to see my garden Monday, and it's looking pretty good because Lobelia Tupa is doing its thing. (laughs) So definitely looking forward to giving you a little tour around the garden. That's going to be a lot of fun. If you're wondering how you ever get to see a tour of my garden or get a tour, almost always uh, Mary and I uh, let Good Causes auction off a tour to our garden. They get the money. I get the fun of showing people around the garden. So uh, that's usually how it works. So, And uh, I'm always happy that it raises money to help great causes. So this one was to help the Arboretum which I think is so important because it's such a wonderful place. All right. Hey, uh, hey! if you look at my website today, what you're going to see is a really cool Echeveria pizza on the front. <laughs> so the plant in the middle is an aeonium. That's from Africa. Most of the other plants are all from Mexico in there, and they're Echeverias. They're like hen and chicks from Mexico, but they're not hardy. And then there are some donkey tails in there. I'm pretty sure donkey tail comes from Africa as well. So, uh, hey, it's a really fun thing to do. So you can check mine out and see if you like it. I I showed how to do it on New Day Northwest last uh, Monday. So uh, I just love that show. I'm on that every other week. So, And if you want to send... Uh, a picture or uh, anyway, a question for me, you can send it to, this is on the front of my website, Cisco Save Me at king5.com. So uh, our original plan was that we we're going to get a lot of questions and then I'd get out there and answer them all. We've changed that quite a bit, but still, if I see that you're sending a good idea, I'll see if I can make it work on New Day uh, I won't be on this Monday. I'll be on the next one after that. So, okay. Hey, uh, I just want to say hi to that woman that totally cracked me up at my neighborhood QFC. <laughs> I was walking through there, and she looks at me, and she grabs a bunch of Brussels sprouts and says, you're looking for these, aren't you? And she was right. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And uh, so... We have three great grocery stores in my neighborhood, PCC, uh, QFC, and uh, Metro, Metropolitan Market. And I, uh, I go to all three quite often. All right. Hey, um, let me see. All right. Just want to let you know where I'm going to be speaking because tomorrow I will be at the Auburn Farmers Market. So, and that's right at noon. So, uh and uh, what I need to do is go to my talks page right now, which I'm going to do because that way I can tell you where the heck that is. So it's at Le Grove, uh, Le Grove Park. So it's at 1140 Auburn Way South in Auburn. 
So you can just go to Cisco.com, hit my talk page, and you find that out. So anyway, I'll be there at noon. I'm going to give away some plants. One Gardening with Cisco t-shirt to one lucky person. <laughs> and uh, oh, maybe I'll give away one of my books too. You never know. All right. Hey, and then uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing lots of you there noon at the Auburn International Farmers Market. And then I'll, that's a great market, by the way. Then I'm going to be at the Whidbey Island uh, State Fair, or the Whidbey Island Fair. I don't know if it's a state fair or not. So that's Sunday, June 22nd, so next Sunday at 1 p.m. And uh, so uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun there. That's at 819 Camino Avenue in Langley. And just a couple of updates. I am going to be in Lacey August 3rd, and I might be doing something with Megan there, but we don't know yet. And Saturday, August 4th, I'm going to be at Seabrook right on the ocean. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then, I mean, I got a million coming up, but uh, August 9th, Far Reaches Farm in Port Townsend. Oh, I love doing that talk because they pay me in rare plants. It's so great. And lots of people bring wine for me when I do that talk. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can keep that deal going, but I love it. All right. And uh, and some of it was quite good wine, too. Saturday, August 11th, I'll be at the Grange in Washington. And then uh, Sunday, August 12th, I almost forgot. I'm I our Mary and my garden is going to be on the Meet the Board tour for NHS. So it's totally free, but you have to be a member of NHS. So what you might want to do if you want to see my Mary and my garden and meet Izzy, I think she'll be around all day. Uh then what you could do is just uh go to links and garden organizations link you know, uh, hit NHS and it'll tell you how to become a member. It doesn't cost that much. They have so many wonderful things you could do, and you'll get to see Mary and my garden. All right, lots more coming up in August, but uh, I could just sit there and blab forever on that. And we need to take a break anyway. Hey, uh, I'm flying solo today again. So if you want your question answered, give me a call, one triple eight. 973 Cairo, 1-888-973-5476. I do have a couple emails that I got that are pretty interesting, so might deal with those. And I'll also talk about uh, how to do echeverias until somebody gives me a call. So I'll keep your attention one way or another. I'll try anyway. All right. Hey, right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. Well, cool as a cucumber, we have some calls, so I, let's talk to Janet in Montlake Terrace. Hey, Janet, what's happening? Hi, Cisco. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Great. Well, I have a canna lily that I have in a big pot because I wanted to keep it from freezing in the winter. Yeah. And it's getting holes on the leaves. 
What do the holes look they're, like? Well, they're round and they're about um, a fourth of an inch from the tip, and they can go right in a row across the leaf. Oh. Never seen anything like it. Oh. Also, they're being eaten on the edges on some of the leaves. Okay, uh, on the edges, are they kind of notches out of the edges? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me take a quick look. Um, yeah, not yeah. the edges. Okay, well, I got one of them figured out. You've got weevils in that pot. And, oh, in the pot. Yeah, and weevils are harder than heck to get rid of. But there is a way you could do that. So we'll talk about that in a second. The other one, I suspect, happened when the leaf was rolled up before it opened up. And sometimes cutworms or different caterpillars or different insects can walk across a leaf when it's still rolled up and take bites. And when it opens up, it's in a perfectly straight line. So I, I think what did the original problem is gone. But I think, okay. but the notches are going to get worse and worse if you don't do something. So what I recommend is going out at night with your flashlight and put the El Kabatsky pest control on those weevils. Do you know what El Kabatsky pest control is? Oh, yes. I've been listening <laughs> to you for many years. <laughs> hey, Dave. So you're going to make me... <laughs> Hey, make me go outside past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what, weevils make the most satisfying pop of any insect that I squish. They really make this cool popping sound. Now, the problem is, the, the problem is, you know, they're not always out there, but usually you see them right on the edge of the leaf. They look like a little beetle with a long nose. And um, I used to call them the Jimmy Durandy bug. And... uh <laughs> But, um, you know, the problem is there's probably some down nibbling on the roots. They're not going to do much harm down there. But then uh, they're going to become adults and come back up and start doing it again. So, you know, going out there, you know, once every week, week and a half, something like that with your flashlight can really help. Okay. Yeah. Now, you could try nematodes, too. Uh, nematodes are uh, microscopic worms, 100 million in a little box, and they're totally harmless to people, beneficial insects, worms, but they go down into the soil and they kill those larvae that are chewing on the roots down there. So a two-pronged attack of going out at night and uh, using some nematodes might help, but here's the problem. Nematodes die quick. If the soil uh, dries out, it's it, it, the soil should at least be in shade when you put the nematodes down. And then you want to make sure that it stays kind of moist in that pot because that keeps those little worms active and they wipe out the bad guys underground. And I think if you do both those things, I think you'll whip the livid tweedle out of those nasty little buggers. I hope so, because it was so pretty last, oh, last I, summer. It bloomed all summer. 
I, yeah. Oh, hey, there's one yeah. other product I didn't tell you about. It's called Bioneme. And uh, it can be a little hard to find, but some of the nurseries that carry more environmentally sound products, uh, you know, Malbacks and Sky often have it. So you could call up and see if either they have uh, Bioneme or the equivalent of that, but it's not neem oil. Okay, it's got to be Bioneme. It's a very organic product, safe to use, as long as you follow the directions. Yeah, it's a spray. Oh, that would be so much easier. Yeah, and I think it's, I, I'm not sure it actually kills them, but it repels them, I think. And it might actually do them in, too. I've got some bioneme, and I've got weevil problems, but I never quite get around to ever spraying. So it yeah. <laughs> hasn't done me a lot of good yet, but. I'm well, I gonna. Think my husband would enjoy going out there with the flashlight and squishing. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> You're going to have to be making some really good Brussels sprout casseroles to get them out there. And hey, warn him. Hey, I, if I were you guys, I would tell your neighbors you're going to be uh, gallivanting out in the front yard with your flashlight <laughs> because uh, I did this at Seattle U. I went in at one in the morning. To pop weevils, we had put the nematodes down already, and uh, uh-huh. f- four security guys threw me to the ground in the bushes. <laughs> and you know what made me mad? Not that they threw me to the ground. The report I read later that said, little guy in the bushes. So <laughs> I'm still upset about that one. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, listen. Well. Hi. I guess between all these things, we can get rid of them, and our canna lily is, you know, I rescued that from the nursery. It was in a big pot, and it was only $5. Wow. And it, and it was amazing all summer, and I didn't want to put it in the ground because you said you had to keep it from freezing. Yeah, you really so, do. So do you think next next fall or spring I should change the dirt? You know, um, I don't think you have to for a long time. But what's going to okay. happen, when you got a plant in a big pot, what happens is the soil just slowly but surely goes down. And uh, you, at some point when you water, the water doesn't even go into the root ball. It just runs along the top and down the side. That's when you know you got to do something no matter what. But one thing I will say is that uh, putting compost on the soil surface every year that can really help when you got plants in pots. Keeps them going in the pots for a long time, and it it gives them organic substance in there, which can be really nice. So, I'd, okay, I'd go we'll with that. that. I have to tell you one more thing, if you have time. Sure. I got some free seeds, so we decided we'd put them in the wheelbarrow, an old wheelbarrow we have. Uh huh. And one. Started coming up so fast ahead of everything else. We thought, well, we'll take that out and put it in a big pot. Well, now it's about four feet, five feet tall, and it looks like it's going to be a sunflower. Oh, <laughs> why? Well, hey, how about that? Same, same leaf problem. So I'll do the same thing with that. Yeah, do the same thing with that, and uh, hopefully you can get those weevils under control. They're not easy to beat, but if you stay on them, you can do it. Okay, well, we'll do all of your suggestions, and hopefully it'll work. All right, good luck. (laughs) 
Thanks so Thank much for the call, call, Janet. Take care. Bye. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, Ginger, we're going to stick you on 97.3 Cairo FM when we come back after uh, the news. Hey, and I hope you've been watering your plants. <laughs> and uh, boy, I'll tell you, you can't hardly water them at all, too much right now. I hope you got some mulch on there. That makes a big difference. Hey, I just, uh, I'm Ginger, I'm about to go to you. Just want to let everybody know Edmonds and Bloom are having their big garden tour, and that is uh, tomorrow, Sunday, 11 to 4. Just go to Cisco.com, click on Edmonds and Bloom in the events page, and uh, you can find out about that. And Heronswood's having their summer garden open July 21st, so that's next Saturday, 10 to 3, and uh they're going to have Judith Jones. She uh, owns Fancy Franz Nursery, all about uh, ferns. And Bess Bronstein, my good friend that has taught at Edmonds Community College forever, and Ross Baton all are speaking at there. And uh, the talks are all free, but you got to fork out 10 bucks to go see that unbelievably cool garden. Hey, Ginger, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for waiting. Okay. I have a question about potted petunias and other annuals, too, I assume. It seems like I remember hearing that you should cut them back sometime in the summer prior before they get too leggy. Oh, you're smart. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, what happens is if you don't cut them back about now, then they get really, really leggy. And when you cut them back, it's so late in the season, you don't get the flowers again for a while. So, you know, the, the trick, though, is that if you cut them all back now, you're going to have to wait a little bit for blooms. So what you might do is pick the ones that are the worst, the longest on your petunias and on other plants, you know, uh, canes or, or stems that aren't blooming that well. Cut those back. Two-thirds is what I normally do. Two-thirds. Yep. And then when those start to bloom again, cut all the other ones back, and that keeps it in balance. And, um, you know, or you could just pick a third of them, cut them back two-thirds, or you could cut half of them back. You know, it depends on how how everything looks in there, you know. Okay. Hey, and I'll one, do it. Hey, and one other thing, Ginger. Fertilize it. Tweet a lot of those things this, right now. This would be all a great right. time I to give them a shot too. of fert. Uh, All right. Thank you, Francisco. All right, Ginger, you take care. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to Renton now, and we're going to talk to Janet. Hi, Cisco. Hi, Janet. Hi. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Got a question for you. All right. I uh, have a little sapling oak tree that I grew from an acorn. And he's in a very big pot. I'm trying to bonsai him. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, hey, I, it might just work. It's worth a try. How fun. It's working so far, but I don't know if I'm fertilizing too much or watering too much because the the bottom leaves are turning a little bit brown. Hmm. 
Well, okay, so it's in a good-sized pot. Oh, yeah, huge. Okay. Then my guess would be, I'm not sure. You know, it's kind of interesting. It could be too much fertilizer. How often are you fertilizing that guy? Oh, not often. Maybe oh. once a month, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably not the cause of the problem, although you probably don't need to fertilize that very often, but once a month seems okay. okay. Um, what I think what it might be, my guess is that it's still getting too dry. Because really? usually when you, if the leaves turn yellow, then I, then right away I think, okay, that's too much water. When I see them curl up, you know, get crispy, then I usually think that plant's getting too dry. Well, they're not getting yellow. So they're, they didn't uh, get yellow. They just turned the crispy. Edges, the edges of leaves, actually, they <laughs> the edges look like paintings <laughs> of oaks. And... Uh, they're brown, but like a light brown, and they see, still seem to be healthy. Hmm. Well, I, hmm. I'm still suspecting it's a lack of water. Really? Yeah, just because that's typical kind of problems you see. Now, when I see the outside of leaves turn brown, most of the time that's a sign of lack of water. However... Also, lack of water usually causes trouble in the highest branches of the tree. And that's because, you know, it takes a lot of pressure, even for a little tree, to push the water to the top. And so if they don't have enough water, usually you see the problem start on the top. Now, it could be, uh, it could be that some of those leaves are old leaves that are just going to fall off in a natural process, is it in? Is your oak in a real sunny spot? Very sunny, yeah. Okay, yeah, I I can't help it. I still think it's not enough water. Do you water it every day? No, I, like uh, uh, three times a week. Uh, maybe twice a week. Okay, I I would uh, add an, I'd water it every other day for a while. Really? Okay. Just see what happens. See if the leaves stay nice and green. It could, I still think that's just, it may be that it's not getting enough water every time. So the bottom, the the soil's not moist all the way to the bottom. number of things could be going on, but it, it sounds like lack of water over too much water. And I don't think it's too much fertilizer either. Okay, the top leaves seem to be fine. Huh. Well, that throws me for a loop. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I still suspect that, you know, it's just not getting enough water. But um, maybe lighten up on the fertilizer a little bit. Don't uh, maybe skip the next one. Okay. It, now, it's not going to tell you much because those leaves that are brown aren't going to green up. You know, they're going to stay the way they are. Mm-hmm. But um, but see if less if the leaves you know don't curl up and turn brown so fast and uh, then that's a pretty good sign you need more water. I gotta tell you, watering plants in containers is difficult, even for me because 
I have uh, like dwarf kinkos and Japanese maples and things in uh, containers. And it's tricky knowing how much to water those. And if you overdo it, then you could kill your plant pretty quick. So I always watch and I see, I, I look for a couple of things. If I see leaves drooping and all, I know they need a drink of water. But if I see branches start to get kind of uh, flex, extra flexible and start hanging down, that's a sign of too much water. Ah, so watch okay. the plant real careful. It'll give you clues. Yeah. One thing I insist upon is when I do water this little tree, uh, I make sure, <laughs> I have to say, I make sure he pee-pees on the bottom a lot. <laughs> oh, so it goes through the bottom. Right. Well, that's a that's good. Well, but you're doing that while. perfect. It so, takes a while, yeah. All right, here's one last thing you could do. Stick your finger into the second knuckle. And if you don't feel, if you feel moisture at the bottom of your finger, so you got two knuckles, it's to your second, the big knuckle on your finger. And if you feel moisture when you stick your finger in that far, which I hate doing because you end up with a really dirty finger. But (laughs) (laughs) But when you do that, if you feel moisture, it's too soon to water. Okay. But if you feel no moisture, you definitely need to water. So Okay. That can help. Okay. And my bonsai uh experiment on this tree. Uh-huh. It's working great. Oh, too great. So you're keeping it cut back, most everything going up, you're sort of cutting back and That's right. Oh, cool Every as can so be. Often, yeah. You might end up with something really, really cool there because the trunk's going to get wider and wider. But if you can keep it at a nice low height, you will have one spectacular bone size. So, Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Well, I wish you luck with that. Keep me uh, posted how it's going. Okay, Cisco. Thanks so much. All right, Janet. Nice talking to you. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to take a break, but before we do, I want to give the numbers. I'm hoping we'll get one more phone call. You'll get right in if you do. It's one 973 And if I don't get a call, I have a great email I can do, too. So either way, we'll do something when I come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, we're back, and we're going to Gig Harbor. Hey, Melinda, what's going on in Gig Harbor? Hi, Cisco. Hi. Beautiful day. Oh, yeah. Hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit hot. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can't complain. How could we do that? (laughs) No, you can't complain about this. Um, You know, I had a question about tomatoes. I got... um, I grow my tomatoes in pots on my upper deck because that's where all my sun is. Yeah, I gotcha. And, um, I have pretty big pots, um, and I grow the grafted. Oh, okay. And they are absolutely huge. But um, I'm wondering if I have enough tomatoes on them, if I should give them a shot, one more shot, because I know you shouldn't do it too late in the season. 
but one more shot of um, maybe flower food. It seems like for as big as what these plants are, uh, they are huge that I should have more flowers. Yeah, you know, I sort of have that same problem on uh, two of mine right now. So, uh, if uh-huh. yeah, if they're not flowering that much, you need to do something to get them to flower. Now, I'm going to tell you a trick I do because you're down okay. to the you're down to the line. You got to get some flowers going and get some fruit on those things, or you're not going to get anything out of them. You won't be eating tomatoes till like December twentieth or something. So, <laughs> what you got? What you could do? You could stress them out. So what you do is you just stop watering them, <laughs> you, and uh, you let them droop. So, because you know, as I as I'm sure you've heard me say, all plants know they're on Earth to reproduce. That they know that's their job. If they think uh-huh. they might die, they go, "Oh my gosh, I got to raise a family quick so someone remembers me after I'm gone." You know, so. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of times, if you really stress them out, and once they droop pretty good, then you give them water. That that you know somehow that sends them the signal that they all they might uh, kick off pretty soon if they don't get their button gear. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they know you might cut the water again, you know. And uh, but for whatever reason, when they get stressed out like that, a lot of times they start really setting flowers after that. Now, now okay. here's here, it's easy to do. Here's the problem, though: if you do it too well, then it might just put them over the edge, and that's the end of your tomato. So you got to be right. careful. You got to kind of play this game kind of really careful. But uh, I'm I haven't done it to one. I've got a Tasmanian chocolate, which is supposed to be so good, little brown tomatoes. But the thing is hardly even flowered, and it's in a really little pot. I think I've been taking too good care of it. And so, and and by the way, yes, you could definitely, as soon as it comes back and starts to grow, you know, healthy again, you can give it a shot of something pretty high in phosphorus, see if you can get that to make it you could even take a little bit of alfalfa meal and put that on there and work it into the soil around the tomato because alfalfa meal really makes things bloom quick. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I used to use a lot of that. Yeah, that's great um, stuff. my roses. Yeah. So, um, so do the same thing with squash? Yeah, if your squash isn't doing anything. You know, squash is kind of funny. It does... It does Something and you'll still get plenty of squash. You got time with them better. But the thing about okay. squash is when it's really hot, they produce way more male than female flowers. So you get all these male flowers, you don't get any females, so you got nothing you can uh you know, pollinate to get something going. So um I don't know what you can really do about that. You might think about shading it in the, in the hottest part of the day or something until we get by this really heavy uh, heat wave. And then uh, gotcha. they'll put out more equal flowers. And you can, I would definitely use the male flower. You don't see any little squash on the bottom. The female has uh-huh. a little squash under there. Take a male and you can pollinate five females with the. Uh, 
with the uh, pollen on there. Oh, I didn't know that. Five of them. I just thought one. <laughs> yeah, no, you can get about five of them. Get a lot of pollen on there, you know. Those stamens are just packed with pollen. So, you know, try uh-huh. and make sure that uh, you get that part sticking out the middle of the female one real good. And, boy, you get that. You'll start getting the fruit way quicker, and it won't do what squash has been doing lately because they're not getting pollinated. So what happens, they grow to about four inches, and then they rot because there's no yeah. seed in them. Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit. Yeah, yep. and that's very frustrating. Yeah, oh, that's so frustrating. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If, if that happened to Brussels sprouts, I'd be done for. I wouldn't be able to even hardly make it as a gardener anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, but I think you... Uh, with the squash, it wouldn't hurt to give them a shot of fertilizer either, and a little alfalfa meal in there can't hurt. And um, I, on the squash, I don't know whether it would help to to cut the water. You'd have to be awful careful doing that, but it might help. I know because then it gets that fungal or yeah, that, uh, white powdery mildew. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, just yeah. just in case you get that, because uh, if you're are you growing those in pots? Those squash? No, actually, I'm not. Oh, good. That I, um, helps. I'm growing growing some in the ground this year, trying it out. I've been usually in a raised bed, but God, they take over your raised bed and yeah, they do. destroys everything else. So, yep. Well, yeah, here, here's like a little teepee for them. And, well, good. What you got them, that's better where you got them in the ground. But uh, if you see the very first signs of any of that powdery mildew, just two teaspoons of baking soda in a quart of water with about four drops okay. of dish detergent, give them a spray. That'll kill the powdery mildew. And, and okay. I'm not saying it won't try to come back, because you're right. If you don't keep them well enough water in this kind of weather, it's tricky. Then uh, you right. may, you're may you going to get that powdery mildew for sure. Right. Okay. All right. Well, gee, that, that was my question. I'm glad I talked with you, because I... You know, it's easy to stress them out when they're in pots and they're this big. Yep. You know, it's like watering every day. Oh, yeah, boy. So, um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, stress them out a little and let's see what happens. I just, I don't hope okay. they don't die, but. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> well, I have to run, but I don't thank know if I you. Can try it on these hot, hot days. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. Well, Melinda, thank yeah. you so much for that call. You're so welcome. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Well, everybody, this show is biting the dust right now. But, uh, Brian, thank you, as always, for a great show. And thank you for all your calls. Get get a good suntan. See you next week. Bye.